Hello and welcome to Soundscape Vietnam. My name is Jeremy and I'm your host. Today we're joined by Vietnamese singer-songwriter Mikey Ramon. Mikey's been active in the Saigon music scene for many years, playing solo and as a part of his band, The Last Jackals. Mikey, welcome to the show. How are you? Well, uh, I've been good and thanks for asking. And well, I've been honored here to join the meeting uh, at the Soundscape. This is my first time today with uh, Jeremy. So yeah, thankful for that. Okay, yeah, no problem. Nice to have you on here. Yeah. Are you happy to be out of lockdown? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, well, it's kind of, you know, exciting, you know, to hear at least like a lockdown has ended. You know, although, you know, uh, you know, many places are not really, you know, reopened much. Mm. Like, yeah, somewhat, you know, something like that. You know. well, <laughs> but yeah, I hope, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? It's like, well, I just hope, you know, for the better future, you know. Right. Because we kind of miss, you know, like the live music scene in Saigon. Right, right. In general, yeah. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, okay, um, cool, cool. So just about your personal background, are you originally from Saigon? Yeah, I was born and raised in uh, yeah, the southern side here, Saigon, 1991. It was my 30th. 30th birthday yesterday, so. <laughs> Happy birthday yeah, but, again. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my mom and my dad was, uh, my mom and dad, you know, they were from the North, mm. moving here after the war. So they met and they have kids. And they have me and my sister. So my sister was born first and then me. So yeah. So literally I was born in here in the South. Yeah. And, and what was life like? Kind of in general, growing up here, it's kind of fun. I actually have to say that. Right? It's like, uh, well, I think it's kind of easy a little bit, you know, for my parents in the past, because like they both work, you know, for the government, hmm. and um, yeah, something like that. And we just like we were just like normal kids, yeah, like anybody else. Yeah. And did you hear a lot of different kinds of music growing up? Well, yes. Like from the start, it was like I was like four or five year olds, and I listened to like some. I mean, like first thing first, it's just like some pop music. You know, that was uh, kind of you know MTV, you know, dominated mm. back then. So it's got like some kind of like Michael Jackson and all the Ace of Base or Queen or the Beatles and. Rolling Stones and stuff, yeah, something like that. And so, what what got you into playing music? What what made you want to be a musician? Well, I think it's like I think it's uh, partly it's from my sister who got me into the music. So it was just like you know she discovered you know some old channels. You know, on the TV back then, like when we were just kids, you know, like, and they just keep, you know, like broadcast, broadcasting, you know, everything like that. And, you know, some pop hits like Roxette, you know, or Queen, Rolling Stone, Beatles, like I say, Michael Jackson. Mm. So back then, like we, like, we didn't have MTV yet because, you know, part of, you know, like uh, the sanctions. So after the sanctions, a lot of, you know, like Western music, you know, just 
brushed got brushed into you know our, our you know uh, TV you know station broadcast something like that. Hmm. So that's why so that's why and that's how we got a chance to listen to like those songs and like every night you know every Tuesday night or Wednesday night or you know some uh, specific you know like time like that and we would you know just turn on the TV and watch the music um yeah the music video so good times. So Western music was actually banned for a while or yeah something like that like band on uh, bands and uh, recording artists something like that yeah solo artists like Michael Jackson or bands the Beatles or Roxette or Queen yeah or some pop music like uh, you know some Euro pop Euro dance in the mid 90s something like that hmm. okay yeah and after you became interested in in music how did you learn to play guitar It was actually kind of late because, you know, at first I didn't know how to play it. Like over 10 years ago, you know, I just, uh, you know, kind of acquired, you know, a very old acoustic guitar from my grandfather that, um, you know, who just passed away and he lived, you know, in my uh, hometown in the North, that's in Haiphong City. Mm. And, uh, well, it kind of two years after his passing that we, went back there and I grabbed a guitar and I went and I just, you know, brought it back here in Saigon with my dad, you know, with a little help from my dad. And uh, I started to got, you know, some little interest in playing guitar and I started to, you know, like buy, you know, the strings and, you know, try to tune it up, play something, but I couldn't because I didn't know how to play. So like to be fair, thankfully, you know, we have, you know, like, YouTube nowadays on the internet. So I kind of watch, you know, like some YouTube videos and stuff that they show us, you know, like some kind of, you know, guitar, uh, you know, tutorial or something like that. Hmm. So starting, you know, like in 2014, so I start to play my guitar like for the first time ever. Learn a couple of, you know, like quick and easy songs to play something. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And do you have yeah. any guitar heroes that like influence your style? Well, that was a lot. Like at first, I kind of like um, Gary Rosenthal from Leonard Skinner, or Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones, or Brian May from Queen, you know, or George Harrison from the Beatles, you know, some guys like that. And later on, you know, Johnny Ramone from the Ramones, of course. They're all my guitar heroes. Okay, and those are yeah. There's like a lot of variety, I think, in yeah in the, in the music that you just said. Yeah, like southern rock and and classic yeah, rock, sound rock. punk yeah, rock, yeah. and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's interesting. And and how would you describe your style if if you had to like tell people kind of how you play? Well, at first, you know, like I learned how to play some simple songs, like. It's actually some classic rock, like, you know, CCR, you know, Clearwater Revival, like mm-hmm. this song, uh, you know, Have You Ever Seen The Rain or Bad Moon Rising or some simple song like that. Lady Madonna by The Beatles. And, you know, some couple of, you know, Rolling Stone songs like Streets of Love. Those songs are kind of simple, you know, in chords. So that's how I picked up, you know, my guitar and play, you know, those tunes, I guess. And I know you have a lot of different guitars. Uh, you, you yeah. Have a, you have a big collection. So, yeah. 
you must enjoy having different guitars. And if, if you could choose like any guitar in the world, you could get anything, what would you get? Well, you know, like lately, like, you know, for a couple of years earlier, like four or three, four, four or five years earlier, like I've been, you know, heavily influenced by, you know, Neil Young. So if I would have, you know, to pick, you know, my favorite guitar like ever in the world, so I would pick, you know, like the Martin, you know, D45 and, you know, acoustic guitar from, yeah, that's what, you know, Neil Young, you know, would have, you know, since his early, earliest, you know, like the beginning. Right, right. Okay. Like becoming, you know, a folk artist, something like that. Right. Okay. Yeah, and and again, like I I think it's interesting that you have a lot of very different influences. Like Neil yeah. Young is way different from Queen, which is way different exactly. from Ramones, uh, yeah. which is way different from Michael Jackson. Like all these, <laughs> <laughs> like, like very very different kind of music. But that that's good. I think that every musician needs to have like you know a variety True. of different kinds yeah yeah influence yeah. Uh, so now I want to ask you about live performing because I know that you've been right. like full time gigging for several years, right? Yeah. So how how did you get started into doing live gigs? Well, it was like for the first time ever. I mean, like it was like six years ago, I guess. So it was this uh, you know offline meeting that we have you know between you know the administrators of the rock fan pages that mm. we. Uh, we kind of, you know, created, you know, these pages on the Facebook, you know, like like a social media background, you know, for us, you know, to meeting up, you know, for the fans. So it was us, like, uh, from the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Guns N' Roses, and Queen, like, these four pages, like, we met, uh, you know, we met together, you know, in um, in real life, yeah. Yeah, beside our Facebook. So that's how I got involved into the live music scene because I got to know a couple of guys there and they asked me, well, do you want to work like, like with us like for full time and we can book your gig or something? So that's how I get started. Okay, so it, it turned yeah. in from a, a fan club into yeah, real exactly. performing. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so that worked out really well for you then to, yeah. to join those. <laughs> join those meetings yeah is there anything that you do to prepare for performances like anything special that gets you ready well actually like we don't have to practice or something but you know for the first time i think you know before our first gig ever like uh, six years ago i think it's march 2015 so we have to practice a lot yeah i kind of still remember that because we went to a studio from a friend's and we got to hire, you know, his room there to practice, like, for the whole evening, I guess. Hmm. But, it, but, you know, like, um, uh, the outcome, you know, the, yeah, the result from that uh, rehearsal day, it, it didn't turn out really well, actually. <laughs> yeah. It was like our first gig was, like, really, you know, a, a disaster or something. <laughs> but after that, you know, yeah, but after that, we were just like, no, we don't need to practice anymore. We just choose the song because... Uh, we mostly play covers, so we just, yeah, like uh, jamming along with those tunes, and that's it. Right, right. Okay. See, I I can't do that. That would make me feel so nervous to like. I know. To not practice, <laughs> practice a lot. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Well, how do you feel when you're performing? I mean, what what's going 
through your mind when when you're in front of an audience? It was just like you know, like a lot of my friends, including my family members, they say, "Oh, now you can sing on stage," and that would be so embarrassing for you because you have to look at you know into the eyes of uh, the audiences. But then I told them, "No, like, I'm not going to feel that way because like when you get up on stage, you just you know play guitar and you sing and you just." You know, maybe you can set, you know, your microphone high a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> let me, you know, from Motorhead or something. When you sing like that, you just look at the sky and you sing and you don't look at, you know, like the audience eyes. So, yeah, I guess right. that helped. <laughs> <laughs> There's a trick that people use for theater performances, like acting, yeah. where you you True. look at the exit sign. Uh, yeah. in, the, in the back of the theater and then if you look at that <laughs> people will think that you're looking at them but you're True. not so that it makes you feel like more comfortable just look at the wall or yeah. something yeah yeah it's, it's all about confidence i guess right yeah. right yeah as long as people feel like you're not nervous then even if you are nervous it doesn't matter for the performance So yeah. do you do you have any interesting or funny stories from gigs in the past? Well, actually, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, like in some certain places when we've been to, it's like uh, some places we play like a big, you know, big huge stay like in Joe's Cafe Munea, but in a smaller, smaller, you know, like uh, capacity, like uh, the boathouse restaurant or Rock Saigon or just. Yoko Cafe or something like that. You know, like, like, like a simple jam session. So everywhere, you know, we've been to is has, you know, some different, you know, experiences. Like, for example, when we've been to the boathouse and, well, because it's a, a riverside restaurant, so it's got a lot of families there, you know, parents and kids, a lot of, you know, like elder people. So we got to adjust, you know, ourselves to the style and we got, you know, some kids, you know, like actually you just sit down and clap their hands for us, you know, singing. And, you know, they, like they were, like they've been waiting for us, you know, to come back on stage. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's kind of cute, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for the Joe's Cafe, it's just like uh, the energy is going to go up. So we would play, you know, to the bigger audience, you know, like mostly like, yeah, teenagers or elder a little bit, like, in, you know, in the 20s or 30s. So we play with the, the higher, you know, maximum levels. Yeah, comparing mm -hmm. you know to the smaller space like yeah, boathouse or rock. But yeah, funny story is something like I met you know some guys who really really drunk, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they and and they kept you know shouting you know for song requests, and I would say no, I'm not gonna play that song for you guys, but thank you for having a good time. You can sit back and listen, mm -hmm. and I just keep you know and well because they were drunk so they would just keep going like blah 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 something like that so i just say okay just never mind then <laughs> something like that <laughs> well at, at least they didn't like try to fight you or something exactly <laughs> <laughs> did they request freebird no I, i think well they don't really request that but they just kind of request you know some pop songs Right, right. Mostly pop songs, yeah. Because, you know, so like at almost every concert in America, some asshole yells free bird. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I understand that. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I mean, obviously, it's an amazing song, but uh, not everyone can play that or or wants to play It's that. like too much, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. too much. <laughs> it's definitely too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the the first time I ever saw you perform, like a few years ago, you yeah. you only did Ramones covers, and yeah. I can't remember like if the if it was just a random gig or something, but my girlfriend and I wanted to go see some live music. And so I, I found Yoko on the internet and then we just decided to go and we had no idea what we were going to watch. We just wanted to go see live music. And I was so shocked that a Vietnamese band would only play Ramones covers. It, it was really interesting <laughs> and it was, and it was good. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Why did you move on from like mostly doing Ramones stuff to, to now you have a lot more variety, right? Well, I mean, like the first time I met, you know, those guys, it's just like uh, we were a trio, you know, so the bass guitar guy, his name is Drum, right? And he really loved the Ramones, like for sure. And he kept asking me if I can play, you know, one Ramon song. And this is like uh, somebody put something in my drink or, you know, I just want to have something to do, you know, some certain Ramon song like that. So I said to him, well, if you want to play Ramones, then we can do the full, you know, Ramon set with our drummer also. So that's why, you know, and uh, because back then we didn't have any, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, material, you know, original material input. Mm. So we would pick, you know, some simple song to play. And I think Ramones is kind of fun to play because not many people in here, like, they would play any, you know, you know Ramones song like ever. Both, you know, locals or expats, something like that. Right, right. It's a good choice. You guys were doing more, more unique kind of songs yeah um, yeah right and that is the last jackals that you're talking about yeah okay so so now i'll ask you about the last jackals uh how right. did, how did you guys start together well i think you know the earliest uh knowledge like well to my you know early knowledge is like we i met a lead guitarist like slow handicap like uh I think I met him at the same time that we went to the fan club meeting like seven mm-hmm. years ago, August 15, 2014, I guess. That was the first meeting ever and we ever met, you know, in person. So, well, back then he only played, you know, keyboards because he learned how to play the organ, you know, the keyboards. Mm-hmm. But then he moved on to the guitar and he tried to master the, you know, the guitar like a lot. So that's one thing. But he wasn't ready, you know, for the band because he was still in school, still in high school. So he has to finish high school first. So, like I say, yeah, after that, like in 2018, I think I met, you know, Jum, the bass guitarist. And also, you know, the drummer, uh, you know, his name is Benjamin. So we formed the band and it was like the first time we ever been together is like at the boathouse restaurant in December the 13th. Yeah, one day before, you know, the New Year's Eve 2018, I guess, as uh, the four-piece band, a quartet. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, okay. that's how we've been together. Yeah. And you've had some different members, like, change in and out? Yeah, slightly, yes. Just some slight change. Like, after, you know, June was five for my band in 2019, September that year, so I picked up, you know, like our old friend, you know, Kyle, Kyle Kersey, that he is a great guy. And mm-hmm. me and Slowy Cap, you know, we both know, respect him a lot. So we asked him, well, do you want to join a band as a replacement for Jum? And 
like you want a job or something like that. And they say, yeah, sure, just send me the set list and I'm gonna yeah, practice, you know, based over it. And say yes. And the first gig with Kyle, I think it's a trio because, uh, you know, the drummer Benjamin, he, he was also fired at the same time at June because he was busy with uh, his, you know, some kind you know, like a rap hip hop show in, you know, Benton, you know, Cocoa Beach camp. So oh, he yeah, was yeah, so yeah. busy. Yeah. So he, he was so busy there. He could not, you know, return to Saigon like on time. And that was some kind of like, you know, jeopardizing, you know, like our gig, you know, our show and, you know, our band members, you know, integrity. So I would say, well, Joe, you're out. Benjamin, you're out. So only me and Sloan Decap. So we picked up Kyle. So we were a trio. Yeah, we kind of became a trio. Me on lead, lead vocals and guitar, harmonica, Sloan Decap on lead guitar and Kyle on bass guitar. So the first gig with Kyle was like September 2019. Yeah. At the Pastor Street Brewing Company. In me one. Yeah. Right. Three of us. And that's the that lineup kind of was stable until this January before Kai went back to the US. Yeah. So now we're just a duo, me and Slow Handicap. But we right. got, you know, another friend coming. Yeah, we got another friend like just joining us, like our second lead guitarist. His name is Peter. Yeah, Peter George is a good friend of mine. And I knew him, you know, around the same time that when I met, you know, Slow Handicap like seven years ago. So I would, so we kind of picked up, you know, Peter Chow as a lead guitarist, like for the, yeah, the second lead guitarist. He's a okay. Good guy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm I'm glad that you're you guys are like still together overall. Yeah. Uh, even if you yeah. have some different members, yeah. it's it's hard to keep a full exactly. band together for. Yeah. I mean, even famous bands like have trouble just staying together. I mean, it. Ha- yeah. It happens with every band. Um, so what as a band, what are some of your influences? Are are there any different influences from the ones that you mentioned earlier? I think it's some kind of like um, I think it's just about music, I think. We just like we just pick up, you know, the genres and you know, we kind of share, you know, some mutual interest into that kind of music. So we kind of play that kind of music like over and over and until like, because, you know, mostly it was me, you know, choosing the song for the band to play. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I think, so. <laughs> uh, I think <okay>. that's it. <laughs> and yeah. is, is there any reason that you do all of your songs in English, like in, instead of um, having any Vietnamese songs? Mm. Mm. Well, it was like, well, we were like, you know, we didn't really like uh, Vietnamese music much. Mm. So we just, you know, like I say, you know, like we kind of share, you know, some mutual interest in blues and rock and roll and, you know, like some, yeah, influences like that. So we think it's kind of some kind of a good option to uh, to share to each other and, you know, to bring the music. Like, yeah, mostly, you know, we sing and play in English. But I got, you know, a couple of original that I wrote like in some other languages. Maybe Danish, yeah, because I got you know some Danish original songs. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now I want to ask you about that. Um, yeah. Where does this interest in like Denmark and Scandinavia come from? <laughs> <laughs> and that was a long time ago. It was I was a kid, like maybe four or five year old. So I heard you know about a Danish 
soft rock you know pop band like they were like they were from Denmark you know from Aarhus Denmark but they kind of you know more famous you know they have more fame in Asia in general hmm. and their name is yeah Michael learns to rock and Michael learns to rock is something like a very you know Euro dancer Euro pop you know yeah soft rock band that you know kind of influenced me like long time ago and i think that's a connection between me and denmark because i like the country myself too about the culture the language and of course the women there <laughs> and the food too so yeah i always say that you know when i first learned uh, the language uh, the danish language like five years ago i would say that i would find me a danish girlfriend on uh, you know to marry her and to move there and to live you know, for the rest of my life but then i realized it was not really you know like a walk in the park at all so i was stick you know like to learning the language and you know try to write more song you know in their language mm. something like that you know yeah i mean yeah it's it's difficult to to like choose where the person is from <laughs> i guess yeah i know if you're if you're not in that country already um, yeah true but that's cool that you you've written a song or or you've written multiple songs in in uh Danish plus you have a lot of songs in English and so yeah. I I also wanted to ask you about that what are some of your influences when you are writing songs like what kind of inspires you um well um mostly you know I got you know influenced by new young So my style would be, you know, like folk and country and, you know, blues, you know, sometimes I add, you know, some slide guitar, you know, stuff into my songs or making, you know, sometimes I kind of move into, you know, a hard rock feels or, you know, with the harmonica, you know, I can play something like that hmm. or with, you know, like, yeah, something like, you know, a very cheesy, you know, pop, poppy tune or something like that. Yeah, because like the way my voice singing, you know, it. When I try to sing and I try to adjust my voice to the music and I kind of play it like a very, yeah, slow, you know, like um, mid-tempo, like a folk, you know, folky country tunes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yes. And and when it comes to the lyrics, what kind of what kind of subjects do you mm. like to write write about? Mostly, my song is about failed relationships. So it's about you know the breaking up you know like between love and life and you know a lot of you know uh, mentality something like that yeah but mostly it's about love right yeah okay yeah yeah well that's always a, a good topic everyone can always appreciate True. that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a it's a universal universal topic for everyone yeah yeah for sure agree so I I want to ask you about your music collection because i just noticed from following you on instagram that you seem yeah. to have, you seem to have like a huge collection of of cds and and um vinyls vinyl, yeah vinyl and, yeah. and cassettes and stuff so yeah. it, what about what about that interests you like why do you care more about having the physical stuff instead of you know like most people now just streaming or or download on mm. their computer i think it's like you know uh whenever you have you know a cd or the vinyl albums or something like that and because like i'm more you know about you know collecting things and stuff 
So every time I see, you know, an artist, you know, releasing, you know, new stuff, I would buy the album right away, or maybe it takes longer. But then when you hold the CD albums or the vinyl, you know, like record on your hands, and you kind of, you know, like you kind of read, you know, the cover artwork like a real book, you open mm. you know, the, ad, the album like a book, and you look into that and you read, you know, the text and the lyrics and the song's title and something like, and also the credits, because I love to read the credits. Who's recording what, you know, like who's on vocals, who's on guitar, who's on drums, something like that, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then you kind of smell that. You smell the album cover, you smell the record, you smell the CD, and you feel that way. So I kind of love that. Yeah. So it, it gives you like a stronger connection to the music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to the artists, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that too. I, I think it's sad that so many people like, don't have anything yeah. i mean most most people that are older than us like in their 30s yeah and yeah, uh, they, they probably have something like an old cd or some old cd yeah yeah but like kids growing up now they don't they don't buy anything <laughs> they don't buy anything exactly exactly i mean like every time you know like every time i kind of look in look up into you know the new song released by new artists maybe on youtube or something and you look at you know the common box Mm. Yeah, the common box. And you can see like every kids, like the younger kids, like 1920 or something. They kind of commenting like, I cannot find this song on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Some, something like that. It, <laughs> it, it kind of, you know, upsets me a lot because, and you know, uh, the other, you know, YouTube commenters, they, too, they would jump into the conversation and they say, dude, buy the albums. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's how you find it. You buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you can always find it when, when you have it in your living room instead of yeah, just true. on the phone or on the internet. Okay. So every time like uh, when I have, you know, a vinyl record album, I just pick it up, you know, like look at it. Mm. And I, like I said, smell it, you know, and I put it back. But then I have to say, like, I have a weird uh, you know, fetishism, you know, for the music <laughs> collection because, yeah, I kind of, you know, like hugging them and, you know, even sleeping them on the bed. So, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, yeah. So I got the, this, you know, uh, uh, this box set from Apple that I got last year, last April from eBay. So when it arrived uh, at my door, I would, you know, like, yeah, take it from the mailman and I say, thank you, having a good day, something like that, blah, blah, blah. And I, I bring the box set to the bed. I put it there on the bed and I sleep with that like through the night, something like that. And then yeah. maybe maybe you'll you'll get song ideas while you're sleeping. Yeah, it, true. Yeah, it, <laughs> it'll come out and then go into your into your mind. <laughs> I haven't bought anything since I well, I did buy one. I bought a jazz record at like um like a flea market kind of place uh, that I went to. Mm. I, I don't know if it's open anymore, but it was like this place. It was like a garage sale where yeah, a garage sale was good. A lot of Vietnamese people they had like these little tables of old stuff, like mm. an, antiques and things. And this guy who used to live in America, he had a he had a jazz record from Dave Brubeck, the Dave mm. Brubeck Quartet. So I bought that, but um, I know it's it's kind of more expensive here to buy to buy vinyl just because it has to be imported from other countries 
Yeah. So it's a little more difficult to buy stuff. Yeah, I think about it's good about you know garage sale is like you can find anything like very cheap you know like on the market you know on the black market or something like that, and they kind of sell is like just one or two bucks. Yeah, that's how mm. I think. That's how you know like my godfather from Las Vegas he lives there. And he got me some albums, good, you know, like vintage Rolling Stones and Eagles, Lena Skinner's album left from the garage sales and, you know, some Elvis, some stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, in garage sales, a lot of times people don't appreciate what they have. And so they don't know it. they could sell it for yeah. a, a yeah. lot more money um, or that it's like something special that they should not just let some random person buy. Yeah, I think so. It's good expanding more here in Vietnam as like the whole world is more connected. Um, yeah. And shipping gets cheaper. That's easier to buy stuff like physical. Yeah. Physical music. I think about the same thing. It's like uh, whenever you go on the eBay, you know, store or something, you know, online store like that. And you kind of find, you know, some good stuff. And, you know, they kind of, you know, auction, you know, or they kind of bargain stuff like that. So, to be fair, like, I would, you know, like, try to hunt down, you know, the, the items on the internet until it got, you know, like the price got dropped, drop, drop, you know, until it's got cheaper and then I can buy it. Really right, afford right. it, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's part of the fun, too, is, yeah, is looking yeah. for something and, like, trying to jump right at, at the good time. True. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy that, too. Like, it's a, it's kind of a rush from... From getting a good deal so now i want to ask you about the music scene in vietnam because mm-hmm. i'm just curious what you think about the rock music scene in saigon mm-hmm. and then also vietnam in general because for anyone who's listening out there who's not from vietnam rock is much less popular than j- other genres yeah. so uh, do you do you think it's in a good spot? Do you think it's getting better, or what, what do you think about it? I think about the rock music scene in Vietnam is some kind of like very underground. You know, mm. like not many people's like, you know, like we got you know a couple of you know underground bands, you know, or indies bands, something like that. Yeah, things about that, and they need to improve like more and more every day. You know, we kind of like. Like we cannot expect, you know, we don't expect, you know, to bring the music to the world or something like that. But well, at least we try. So I think it's a good thing. And you know, some indies, uh, Vietnamese bands, something like that. Yeah, like Cái Hội Hoàng Hôn, you know, or some bands like that. Mm. Or you know, or you know, some couple of bands like I would, you know, say that, you know, I see my friends like Louis, you know, or yeah, some other friends like that. They would, you know, try to organize. Um, yeah, the indie, you know, like rock shows and like that, and they invite some indies Vietnamese band to join, mm. like together with them. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing for us, you know, to show, you know, what we got. So, yeah. And do you think that rock music can eventually become like a major genre in Vietnam? What, what do you think it would take for that to happen? Well, I kind of, um, yeah, I hope that so. I hope that in the future. Because as far as I can see, like, there's so many, you know, rock band here, but they're not, you know, getting, you know, what they want, what they kind of expect, you know. And it just, you know, the good thing, like, still that, you know, they're still making albums. Mm. You know, they're still 
yeah, they still you know record new music. I think that's a good uh, thing to do. Yeah. Even if people aren't really successful, they keep trying and they keep. The, yeah, exactly. They keep the yeah. spirit. Yeah. Well, so I hope that at some point somebody will break through and and be like, you know, on the top of the charts for for music in Vietnam and and as a rock band, not just like V pop or. Yeah, rap yeah. Or I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, yeah, because you know it, it. It's what I can see, like in uh, Vietnam, like in general. There's mostly you know rap and hip hop, mm. and uh, pop songs. Yeah, pop songs like uh, teenage pop or something. Yeah, right. Or even more traditional music like ballads yeah, yeah, traditional. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, traditional music. Yeah, I think that there's so much talent here in Vietnam and a lot of people just need that push from from the media to really to really get going because it's it's, so. it's hard to do without it's hard to do by yourself um, yeah so it, it always takes like some little spark or something to to really get going so now I want to do what I call the quick fire round and right. what this is I have 10 questions and each question is two choices. Okay. So you don't give any explanation, just say your answer and then I'll ask the next one. Okay. Okay. So this is okay. quick, quick fire with Mikey Ramon. Number one, sticky rice or normal rice? Normal rice. Okay. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Blue or green? Blue. Fender or Gibson? Fender. Denmark or Germany? Germany. <laughs> oh, surprising. Okay. Spiders or snakes? Spider. Morning or evening? Morning. Punk rock or classic rock? Punk rock. Peel garlic or chop onions? Peel garlic. Okay. Be rich or be famous? Well, be rich. Okay. All right, and that is quick fire with Mikey Ramon. All right, yeah. I um, I hate chopping onions and peeling garlic, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough job, like for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a difficult question. I don't like both. Uh, <laughs> it can take you for hours. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I know, and it just like gets sticky all over your hands. Mm. Exactly. But, so, you know, like, to be fair, like, you know, to be fair, I love the smell of the garlic more than I do with onions. That's true. I do yeah. love, I love the smell of garlic too. It's, it's like yeah. one of the, one of the best food smells for sure. Yeah. I love eating it too. Yeah. All right. So, so now we're, we're coming towards the end and I want to ask you what some of your short-term and long-term goals are both as a solo artist and for the last jackals well you know short-term goal is like you know we expect you know like to uh, having more gigs and you know time like you know we spend on stage together because it's a good time indeed and we share with the, a lot of you know experience within our audience you know we kind of usually you know we talk with the audience you know after shows so i think that's a good chance that's a good thing to do Hmm. And for the long, uh, for the long term goals, it's like we, we kind of hope you know we can share uh, you know the interest in music. Like we kind of write more songs, do some more albums, and do some more live shows. Maybe we hope you know someday you know 
someone you know would like yeah they kind of come up to us and they say oh we like your your music and they're gonna buy our album like for sure <laughs> unfortunately there was a power outage where mikey lives that happens sometimes in vietnam uh the power for an entire alley and all of the homes within will just cut out so one of the little idiosyncrasies of living here and due to that we couldn't finish this episode uh, but thankfully we got a lot of good material and we're almost done anyway so that is episode 11 of soundscape vietnam with mikey ramon of the last jackals and i will put links for his music and social media in the description so you can check that listen to his music follow him and his band and thank you for listening this is episode 11 of soundscape vietnam signing off i'm jeremy have a great day